0: You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong.
1: This is Shereen Rice with Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. My goal for this show is to educate and help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic violence. I want to thank everyone who is listening tonight, and I promise an awesome show. My guest tonight is Leslie Browning. This is a part two to Loopy's show in December with her. Since so much has happened in her daughter Alicia's case, we want to continue and get back with her on what has happened and any changes that have taken place. I'd like to remind everyone that our show is on Thursday at 8 Central Time, and that's the second and fourth Thursday of each month. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you subscribe to those services, and if you want to a direct link to those programs or those services, you may go to our homepage on the Blog Talk Radio CWR website and click on the logo for the service. Okay, this topic is a little bit... Um, May be triggering, and so I'm concerned. And so, what I'd like to do is, I'm going to give you the national hotline number. It's 1 800 799 7233. That is 1 800 799 SAFE. So, if at any time that you feel triggered, please call that number for some assistance. And if you'd like to call in tonight and talk to our guest, please feel free to do that. The number is 917 889 8078. I'm going to give you that one more time. If you'd like to call in, the number is 917 889 8078. Leslie, how are you? Yes, I'm here. Les- oh, good. I, I thought I lost. I think lost you me. had me muted. Maybe I had me muted too. <laughs> no. Okay, good. Um, how are you doing tonight?
0: <laughs> I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing excellent. Um, I just wanted to tell the fans a little bit about you. Leslie created the foundation for Alicia's Voice and was on her show in December. And uh, we'd like to, since the trials happened and finished, uh, we'd like to hear more about that. But what I first would like you to do, Leslie, is if you could recap a little bit about your show with Alicia. Give us a little bit of background so that those that weren't here at that time can understand the whole picture.
0: Okay, well, last summer Lupe had reached out to me about um, a radio interview on December the 28th of last year, and I told her what I knew about the case, which were basically just bullet points of her life until I found out about what truly happened to Alicia during the trial. Um, She was physically, sexually abused for 12 years um, and then shot in the face and, and murdered, But before that, hours before that, he had brutally beaten her, Um, and in the autopsy, it showed that she had bruises that were days old that he possibly could have held her hostage and Mm. um, beat her for several days before he came back home and shot her in the face after taking his children to his parents' home. Oh, I am so sorry. Okay, um... The first thing I think
1: we'd like to a little bit of update um, is on the children. I know that the last time you said that they were with the uh, the murderer's parents is that
0: still true? That is still the case. Um, i The last time I got to see them was at the trial. They were ecstatic but scared to come around me mm. because of the threats and I actually have a witness who heard the grandmother threatening my grandchildren to not come around me or they would quote, unquote, get it. And so oh. they were afraid to come around me after that. But before that, they were in the room with me. I couldn't be in the trial because I was a witness. And right. they came up there and they wrote on the talk board and um, said, I love you, grandma, on the talk board and just hugged and kissed all over me. And it was it was a really nice time. But they were oh. so afraid at the same time.
1: Well, abusers learn from someone, and so it sounds like that's where they may have learned that from. Um, Can you share a little bit of information about the trial?
0: Yes. um, Alicia was sex trafficked for over 12 years, Mm. and um, I actually had a dream a month before the trial, and I it didn't make sense to me at the time it was very disturbing um and i had told my husband about it we were watching a movie we had we had a weekend to come home and then the trial started the next week for part 2 and we were watching a movie and something triggered my imagine, my brain and i had i came downstairs and i couldn't watch it and um in my dream my daughter and this was the end of january about a month before the trial In my dream, my daughter was standing in a window in a house, and it was all dark, and she was nude, but you couldn't see anything. You could just tell she didn't have clothes on, and she was crying, and behind her, it was all dark, and behind her was a red light. And um, I found out through the trial that he would take her to truck stops for years, and he would Park the truck in the very front of the of the truck stops and prostitute her. Make her get on the radio and advertise herself. She would be nude in the front of the window of the truck with a red light behind her head. Oh, no. And
1: and this came out in the trial that the red light was?
0: was... The almost exact same thing came out in the trial, yes. Now, only oh. it wasn't a house. It was an 18-wheeler.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, can you share some more information about the trial? Um, tell um, us about uh, what he was convicted of and how long and and what else that you know about that.
0: He was convicted of first-degree felony murder for 70 years. He will be up for parole in 30. Um, he is in Huntsville right now. Um they just—he just got there this week, and um, he was. It also came out that he beat her with electrical cords, also, and um, abused her in so many ways. It was just unimaginable. And it also came out in the trial that he was abusing his little boy, Dylan, trying to teach him to fight. And at the young age of like eight and nine years old, if he didn't fight hard enough, his dad would slap him as hardy. As hard as he could to the ground
1: Now did you say that was him mm-hmm. Or the child that got slapped to the ground Him or
0: his child uh, Alicia's Alicia's murderer Would slap yeah. their own Little boy uh, He was trying to teach him to be mean And he has a very sweet Sweet spirit about him He's a good hearted young man He's 11 now um, I'm sorry he's 12 now um, He just as he has a heart like Alicia, very oh, tender-hearted, and if he didn't fight hard enough, his dad would just punch him to the ground. Oh, I can't, I, I can't even imagine.
1: <clears throat> I can't fathom that at all. And how old was? How old is he right now? He got seventy years. So how old is he right now?
0: He is thirty.
1: And so at the earliest, you said thirty years will be his. Uh, uh, availability 60. for parole, so he'll be at least sixty. Yes. So, yeah. Right. Do you plan on attending all of those?
0: I sure do. <laughs> I do too. I don't blame you. Maybe I will be at every you. one. <laughs> and if um, I'm still, if I'm not on this earth, there will be letters in the parole hearings on my behalf. Oh, good. And you've—that's good that you've arranged 30 that. Thirty years away, I'll be in my 80s. Yeah.
1: Um, What suggestions um, would you give to
0: other parents? Um, The suggestions that I would give to other parents is, you know, if if it's happened before, don't ever assume that everything is okay. Don't believe what, I mean, your child is going to love you enough to try to hide it from you because they're trying to protect you. Because most of the time that abuser is threatening your life. Yeah. And that's what he did to my baby. He threatened our lives. Mm -hmm. And so Alicia hit it very well. And I remember looking back on pictures on Facebook and I kind of think now maybe it was a cry for help. There was Mm -hmm. one morning in particular, I looked, I had gotten up and I opened my Facebook and there was a picture of Alicia that she had taken of herself. And it looked, I I literally went to the bathroom and got sick Mm -hmm. Uh, She had a closed head injury. You could tell by looking at her face. One of her eyes was actually kind of lower down than the other, and it Mm. was sunken in a little bit. He started punching her in the back of the head because I would go in and check on her. And um, so he started hitting her in places where I couldn't see it. So look under the hair and stuff like that. Yes. Look for mm-hmm. places that are inconspicuous. Um, he broke her arm. Her arm was broken for over a month before she received any kind of medical attention. I have the dash cam videos where his mother knew about it and told the mm-hmm. police, and not one person rescued my daughter out of that situation in 2015. The Kaufman County Sheriff's Department did nothing They knew, she confessed, the the grandmother of my grandchildren confessed that he was sex trafficking my daughter that they knew of for at least four years. Not one person tried to help my daughter get out of that situation. He also had a warrant out for his arrest since 2005. Nobody arrested him because everybody is so afraid of that family.
1: So the murderer's parents knew that he was prostituting her out, and they didn't talk to him about it?
0: Nobody did. Nobody. They kind of joked it off and said, oh, it'll work itself out.
1: Uh, They didn't have a concern about their own son about his behaviors at all?
0: They're the same people. They raised him to be that way. The father, I have proof that the father beat his mother, causing her to have a brain aneurysm when she was around Alicia's age. Uh, it's just a vicious, vicious cycle. I is. also have a witness that witnessed the father beat Daniel with electrical cords on his back when he was just a little boy.
1: And <clears> that's <throat> the murderer's name is Daniel?
0: The, mur- the murderer's name is Daniel, but the father's name is also the okay. same. Okay.
1: And so the father also took it out on the children. Let me ask you this: Did he, uh, did the murderer ever take, ever beat up the children that you know of?
0: Uh, as far as I know, the only thing he did was he abused my grandson for for not being mean enough. Right. I don't know of any abuse against my granddaughters.
1: Right, and, and you said this abuse with your daughter has been going on for 12 years. Is that how long she was with him?
0: Yes. Um, I got her out once. I got her a job, and I got her an apartment and helped her start getting on her feet. And this was back when MySpace was really popular, and he used a niece to reach out to her, which is in the first interview, um, oh. to bring her back in
1: back into his clutches, if you will.
0: Is that what you're saying? Yes, into his family, yes. And she she would be guilted into going back by his whole family. They would tell her if she was a Christian, she wouldn't break her family up and she was going to burn in hell for breaking her family up, for leaving him. And, and they would re- constantly put that guilt on her.
1: That's called religious abuse, when you use religion like that to abuse your person. Yes. Um, one let thing me I've have...
0: learned through domestic, I apologize.
1: No, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Um, the one thing that I have learned from the, the, the research I've been doing over the last 16 months is when there's domestic abuse involved, that is just one of the many facets of abuse that these victims endure. Right.
1: Right. And, and I try to explain that to everyone. The first form of abuse that anyone will have is psychological abuse. They twist your mind and in every way possible, manipulate, lie, gaslight, you name it. And that is the very first thing, because no one just walks up to you and says, I love you, and then hits you, and, you know, no no one does that.
0: The first thing they do is separate you from your family and make you think nobody cares about you.
1: Right. That's part of the psychological abuse is that isolation, right? Um, yes. Now, this is one question that I have. have you, did you ever have a good relationship with the parents at any time um, since they, your daughter and he had children? Did you ever, you know, family activities, anything like that?
0: Never. We tried um, when my daughter would have, when she would have a baby or any kind of life event like birthdays. I would invite them, but they never wanted to have anything to do with us. They always oh. shied away. And, and his mother made it really clear. My grandchildren told me that their granny doesn't like me at all. Did they say I'm why, or that.
1: do you have an assumption why, or?
0: Well, she, she would ask my grandchildren, do you love your grandma more than you love me? Why do you oh, go there, there so much? Go. You know, just, just that manipulation continuous, you know, mm-hmm. playing the mind games with these poor little children,
1: Right. And one thing, and I'm sure you know this by now, is um, abusers, um, their victims become unhealthy mentally and start to abuse as well uh, because they are, uh, I mean, when you're living with an abuser, they're, they're sick. They're really sick, and we all know that. And you become unhealthy as well by living with them. And so you tend to victimize other people. And as she was manipulating them, she was doing nothing more than abusing them.
0: As sad as it to... is, she was a victim herself. She had an right. alcoholic father that married her off to a man. She was 13 years old and <gasps> he was either 19 or 20. And so she was, she was a victim herself. You know, she, oh. I, at the trial, I could not help but feel sorry for her because she told me how much she loved Alicia. And, you know, in my heart, I know how much she loved Alicia because Alicia was probably the only joy in her life. Alicia was a happy person, and in spite of everything she went through, if you'll look on her page on com, her smile always was there no matter what. She she chose to be a light in the world of darkness. Yeah.
1: And um, you did give the one suggestion to look in places where um, you wouldn't normally see. You wouldn't, you wouldn't look, like maybe on the back where it's covered with a, a shirt or something. But let me ask you this. Is there any no. fit, other quality that you think a parent, maybe they're doing psychological abuse, what would you suggest to parents to look for besides physical attributes of violence?
0: Well, the biggest thing that I can remember is Daniel carried Alicia's phone in his back pocket. And he told her when she could get on the phone <laughs> um, he also um he also told her when she could see her kids sometimes he would punish her by taking her children away from her. Mhm. Mhm.
1: Yeah, and that's I was wondering if he threatened the children as well as you and your her and her, you and her or her father. Um because a lot of times abusers will threaten I'll kill the kids.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. I've never gotten any kind of confirmation, so I don't want to be misleading in any way.
1: Right, okay. And so um, so isolation, you pointed that out. They'll isolate you. They'll control them in every way, such as the phone. Uh, let me ask you this as well. Uh, this happened recently. A friend was telling me this story. Did When she spoke to you, Of course, he had to give her her phone. Did he make her put it on um, speaker?
0: Speaker? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, she would have her phone um, to take her children to school. And I would get some alone time with her while she was, you know, she would take her kids to school, and I'd tell the children have a great day. Mima. loves you. Um, I'll talk to you soon. And then after they get out of the car, we would have a little one-on-one time. And I would, um, I would ask her, are you okay? Is everything going well? Yeah, mama, he's treating me really good. Things are going well. And at that point in her life, I think she was just trying to survive, trying to just not get killed
1: yeah and you know they have to say that right? They have to say that,
0: yes, they do. She knew I would have acted i would have I would have come in there, and I would have gotten her out of there mm-hmm. and She knew that, and that would he he was a convicted felon before her murder, and he had a small arsenal of guns under his bed that he kept floated that were illegally owned and I also want to help change the laws of illegal gun ownership. Yes,
1: uh, now this happened in Texas, is that correct?
0: Yes, 2016, December the 27th
1: And you explained this to me once before um, when you and I spoke before But I'd like you to explain it to our listeners um, It's uh, my It was my opinion that when you kill someone in Texas, you get the death penalty
0: No, that's not the case I mean, it has to be capital murder in the state of Texas. That means you either had to kill someone in law enforcement or the military, or you had to have broken into someone's home, or killed more than one person. And unfortunately, he was not eligible for that.
1: And so um, his felony before wasn't murder, but what was it again?
0: It was assault. He has... He has a record as long as your arm for uh, beating people. And he would do these games on the weekends called fight night. This came out in court. He would pick guys that he didn't like that were popular in the high school that he went to. And with shoe polish, he would write them on the back of his windshield and he'd go stalk them out and he would find them and beat them to a bloody pulp and then cross their name off and go to the next person. Oh, my
1: gosh. I've never even heard of such a thing And you know My daughter would have to witness Go ahead
0: He would make my daughter watch Mm. (laughs) There was one weekend They were in Florida And um, he is a very He's a white supremacist He has a swastika on his arm Um, He pulled over On the highway because he saw A black man walking down the road And the, there was another man in the truck of whom I won't disclose. Um, he got out of the truck, and he told the man, he said, please run. Get out of here. He's going to kill you. And Daniel got a big two before or something else, and he chased him down, and he beat him to a bloody pulp. Mm. And then they left and just left him on the side of the road to die. He did not die, but, I mean, if they they just he, he alone beat him. He was a very big man. He's, he's very big and he's very strong.
1: And uh, just for uh, the listeners that may not know too much about domestic violence, a lot of you are probably saying to yourselves, why didn't she just leave when this happened? Because it's a death sentence for the victim when you just leave. Or 70%, her children. Right. 75% of all deaths occur when you're leaving or after you've left. And they hunt you down, that's for sure. And so it's it's not something you just leave. You just don't leave. You have to prepare um significantly in advance and there has to be there has to be a lot of things put in place before you leave for absolute sure. Just yes. to protect you. And then you brought that up. The children need to be protected as well.
0: Well you look at it as a bank robbery. If you're in a bank and you are there at the teller station and somebody comes into that bank and puts a gun a loaded gun to your head and says if you run I'm going to shoot you that's the same thing these victims are going through the same yeah. exact thing Yeah
1: well and they've been and keep in mind they've been manipulated they've been gaslighted they have their whole mindset is Uh, For my security and the security of my children, I have to stay with this guy because he's brainwashed them. Uh, Domestic violence is nothing less than brainwashing. And people that have never experienced it really don't get that. I'm going to tell you, I didn't know that brainwashing really happened until I had it happen to me. And I'm like, um, how did this even happen? Uh, I have an education. I should have seen this. I didn't understand abuse. I don't understand. um, I I didn't understand brainwashing. I didn't realize everything that these guys do is getting you to become more dependent on them. Or should I say they are growing in control and power over you. And they do it through threats, lies, manipulation, Uh, Gaslighting, everything
0: They want you to think That you are completely useless Without them controlling your whole Every breath
1: Absolutely Okay, one question, another question I have for you What would you um, What kind of advice would you give To victims or suggestions
0: My biggest Piece of advice is if you To get out But do not let anyone know you're leaving because like yeah. you said, 75% of the people who are murdered are trying to escape or have recently escaped. My daughter was trying to get away from the abuse. Yeah. And that's how she was murdered. And I've heard that through so many people that I've met through the advocates in the, the domestic violence families of our the victims. That's how they were murdered because they were trying to get out. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. Go tell them you're going to get hamburgers for the family or pizza. Call and order the pizza. Leave and don't ever go back. But don't tell anybody you're leaving. Leave your car in a parking lot. Have somebody pick you up that you trust and dust your feet off and run as far as you can away from the place. And don't ever look back. Change right. your phone number. Don't get back on social media. Don't let anybody or anyone else hear from you for a good long time. I would say a year at least. Yeah. And file yeah. a police report. Get Get into the police custody six system where they can help you as much as possible. And there are places where you can go that there's a place here in Plano called Hope Store. There's another one called Emily's Place. There's another one called the Genesis Center. You can go there, and they can put you in a home where nobody knows where you are, and you cannot reach out to anyone. They, you are forbidden. You can't have any social media, and if you do, you forfeit your spot there, and you have to go back into that threatening life of no protection. So there are can, so many resources.
1: And can you take your children there?
0: Yes. Yes. To yes, places. you
1: can. And and this is is this in the Dallas
0: area? Um. Yes. The uh, Hope Store is in the Dallas Metroplex. There's one in Collin County. There's one in Dallas County. Um, and, um. Emily's place is fairly new. It's in uh, it's in Plano, Texas, in Collin County. And the Genesis Center is all over the place as well. They they do uh, along with Hope Store. They take you in, and then what they do is they get you into another home. They help you by getting you a job, by helping you go forward and get a job and get you an apartment or a little home where it's basically baby steps into gaining your independence again.
1: Yes. Now um, I'd like to add to your suggestion a little bit. Um, you're, you have to be so careful who you can trust I mean, so careful because he's already told everybody that you're crazy and you're a witch and don't believe anything that crazy witch says. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: even I've even seen some cases where parents turn against their own abused children because, the um, abuser was so good. I mean, these guys are actors beyond number. I am. I mean, I would trade one of them for a front one from Hollywood any day, and they would win an Oscar. Yes. They're good. They're that they good. They do play
0: a good game. But you, you know, a, a, my daughter knew that if she came to me, she would have been safe. Yeah. They know. If I mean, trust your gut. If you don't feel good about it, don't say a word. Trust right. your gut. Or go, go to a police officer on the street that you've never met. But if you don't feel like there's somebody you can trust, I'm going to tell you, the police officers out there are there to help. Do not right. be afraid of the police officers. Right.
1: Yeah, so be careful who you trust. Um, be careful who you talk to. And then you were also saying, don't tell anyone that you're leaving. And I would I would add to that, pretend you're not leaving. Act like everything's is exactly. great. Save right. some money somewhere. Said,
0: Call and order a pizza and say, honey, I'm bringing some dinner home to you. <laughs> and
1: Me and the children are on our way the to store. go get it. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. love your idea about parking your car and getting in someone else's and taking off for a year or so. Exactly. And not letting them know. That's, I think, wonderful. Um, I do suggest to go far, far away, too, not stay in the same town. Now, do you live in the same town as his parents? Or in the same area? No, I do same not. State? They're not even in the no, same state?
0: No, I do state? not. Okay. We are in the same state, but uh-huh. we have been um, from from the get-go. Um, We—that This is just my personal feelings. It's uh-huh. not, it's It's an opinion, but from the time we walked into the courtroom of the family court, we felt like they were being prejudiced against us because we were not from that small town in East Texas. Oh. They, they, in fact, called us city folk.
1: Oh, (laughs) from Dallas. (laughs) That's good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We're in a small town east of Collin County. I mean, we're in Collin County, but it's not considered a big city where we're at by any means.
1: Right, right, right. Okay, and you know what, I'm pretty excited that you started a foundation uh, for Alicia's Voice, but I want to tell you, Leslie, I think it's more than just Alicia's Voice that you're speaking for. It's a lot of women's voices that you're speaking for. Can you tell us a little bit about your foundation?
0: Well, um, when Alicia was murdered, I just, you know, I didn't, there was nothing else that I could think about, but doing something. I cannot allow something like this to happen to one of my children and not do something. Right. And I threw my arms up. I went into the living room, the same place where I fell when I found out my daughter had been murdered. I was in that same place when I threw my arms up in the air and I said, "God, I am completely yours. You tell me where to go and I'm going to go. You tell me what to do and I'm going to do it." And the, the the words Alicia's voice just kept coming into my heart. And I'm like, okay, God, here we go. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've never done this before, but I've got lots of um, management experience from the hospitality industry. I worked for Hilton Hotels for many years. And with that experience, um, God's bringing me to this new new vision. And through the trial, I have learned that, it costs a small fortune to go to a trial. Just for my husband and I, it cost us $2,000 for a week and a half. Oh, really? Hey, I and, think we might there have are... a
1: caller. Would you like to take their call? Uh,
0: yes, I would.
1: Caller, are you still with us? Yes. This is her cousin, Brian. Oh, awesome. What kind of a question <laughs> would you like to um Ask uh, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Hi. Hey, Brian. How you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. I have a question. Uh, okay. Did Daniel show any type of remorse or any type of emotion or Never. anything like? Nothing.
0: Never. I I stood right outside the elevator every single morning when they brought him up, and he had the audacity to stand there and look me in the eye and smile at me right before the trial every single morning. Oh, wow.
1: But I didn't let that stop
0: me. Yes. I didn't let that stop me because Alicia is my little twin. We look so much alike. And I knew that when he was looking at me, he was seeing my baby. And I wanted him to see that because he took, one of the most beautiful things, and he stole that precious life and that protection from his his own children. He took the most precious thing from his children that could have ever been taken. Right. And he's going to be held responsible for that. Yes, he will. I have one thank thing. you, Brian. For, it's good to hear your voice. It's good, it's good to hear your voice, too.
1: and I need to see you soon, too. <laughs> I have one other uh, thing uh, um, on, the, on the police report. The original copy of the police report it stated that uh, from from the officer that she was shot in the back of the head as she was walking toward the kitchen area.
0: Mm. So no, that's not true. Um, that's true. She it was that was just that was from that was actually I think a lot of hearsay that did come out in court, and she was actually shot in her left eyebrow. And um, as graphic as it is sounded it, it blew the whole back of her head out.
1: It was a large caliber gun as well though, right?
0: And it was a forty five. A three fifty seven, I apologize. Yeah. It was a three fifty seven Magnum and uh I actually saw and touched the gun that murdered my daughter. Not thinking. I didn't it, it didn't even cross my mind that you know, when when you are a person you don't commit a whole lot of crimes the last thing you think about is the gun not being legal.
1: I have okay. a question for Leslie.
0: Yes, this is Leslie.
1: Um, your granddaughters, what, are you, what is your intake as far as
0: trafficking towards them of growing up in that household where they're at? I do worry about that happening. Um, they the reason I say that is because if if they are Able to know that it happened to my own child. What would keep them doing it from, from them doing it to her children to gain financial benefits? Right. Right. Are you allowed to see your children, grandchildren? Mm, uh, They have been hidden from me. Uh, I've tried calling them for on their birthdays and my phone number is blocked. I can't tell them happy birthday. Uh, I tried to see them, uh, for a church event in October. And I was told that I need psychological help before I could see my grandchildren. And I've been under the guidance of a counselor for over a year now. And I am perfectly fine.
1: And how about school events? Are you allowed to attend anything in that nature?
0: I'm not allowed to even talk to the school and find out if they're in attendance or not. They won't tell me what grades they're in, if they were held back, or how well they're doing.